My name is Ty French, and this is my podcast. That's why it's called the Ty French Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Thai French Podcast. My name is Thai French and this is my podcast and that's what it's called, the Thai French Podcast. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Hump day is just the best day of the week, isn't it? Because we all get to hang, we all get to chat, we all get to start our days together. Um, Or if you're listening to this on a Thursday or Friday, you know, whenever you're listening to it, whenever you get me. It's the best day ever. <laughs> uh, I'm not a narcissist at all. Anyways, how is everyone? I hope everyone is just having the best week. I hope everyone has is having an amazing or had an amazing weekend. Gosh, am I okay? Actually, I'm not okay. I'm not okay, you guys. I, this weekend, was probably the most feral I've been in a long time. And maybe ever. (laughs) So Friday, I, you know, all week I had just, like I said on last week's episode, I just like, I hadn't really hung out with like my friends in a while and like gone out. I can't even remember the last time I went out to WeHo. And so I had just been craving. I was like, I need a night to literally be a rat. Like, I need to go out. I need to be feral. I've gone out and I've been with my friends and I've done this. Like, it has been a few. It it has been a while, I feel like, since I've had any rat activities here on the pod. And, you know, I was just craving it. I was needing it after the um, array event that I went to array event that I went to um, last week. I was like a little drunk after I left and I was like, you guys, we have to go out. Like, let's go out. And everyone was like, um, I'm so sorry, sir. It's a Wednesday. Let's go out on Friday. And I was like, okay. So by the time Friday came around, I was like really extra ready. But um, yeah, needless to say, between the combination of lack of sleep and lack of eating on Friday, it didn't really set me up for success (laughs) Friday night. So I went to this thing called Penmar, which is like, like this, like little music situation on a golf course. You come, you lay in the grass, you get some wine, you drink some margaritas, you know, they have like burgers and stuff and there's like live music, whatever. So I went there with some friends and you know, it's starting out wholesome. You're drinking some wine. You're playing some card games. It's all cute. I'm thinking, you know, it's not going to be that crazy of a night. But keep in mind, this is at like 5 p.m. So we're kind of starting early. And that means I didn't really eat that, many, that much dinner. Because once I start drinking, I think a lot of people, like, they drink and they just, like, want to eat a shit ton. The second I start drinking, I can go two days without eating. Like, I just am not a big eater when I'm drinking. Except for if I get home and I'm drunk, oh, Jack in the Box, McDonald's, whatever. But, like, I'm not eating around people. You know, I'm I'm drinking shots. I'm surviving off of tequila. Um, you know, tequila's like that. So, anyways, we're drinking and 
probably all I had to eat that day was like a little Trader Joe's little lunch, like a little frozen lunch situation. And yeah, so then we went to a pregame before going out back to my friend's house. And I was just on one. Like I was just shot after shot after shot after shot after shot after shot. When I tell you, <laughs> I drank so much tequila. Like tequila was tequila wasn't even present because like there was no one home. The lights were on and no one was home. And I pretty much don't remember the entire evening, which is scary and gross and like not my proudest moment. But like there were there were so many feral ratness. There was that I can't even tell you guys. I I literally there are stories that I'm too embarrassed about. I literally cannot tell you so that you. <laughs> but yeah, let's just say I was actually the definition of a feral rat on Friday night. Um, anyways, so then Saturday, needless to say, I was not feeling very great. Um, but I went to a brunch in WeHo and then I had to come back because it was pumpkin day. Like I said, on last week's episode, uh, this weekend, my best friends and I have this annual tradition to do pumpkin day. This was our third annual and it's just like you get together with your friends and everything has to be either pumpkin shaped, pumpkin colored or pumpkin flavored. And it was seriously so much fun. I feel like we really, um, Tezza called us out, um, but we really slacked on the pumpkin flavoring, the pumpkin shaped and color this year. Like we kind of just had like a gorgeous feast of like a salad and pasta and, um, you know, some treats some appetizers or whatever, but wasn't too much pumpkinness involved. And normally we're like, you know, pumpkin beer, pumpkin this. Like we go all in. But this year we were just drinking like margaritas. <laughs> so yeah, we kind of failed on the pumpkin theme. But all of us, you know, dressed spooky. There were spooky decorations. Tezza is literally the best host ever. And she just had it decorated so cute. She had like florals everywhere and candles and Coco was being so freaking cute. She had this cute little cardigan with two pumpkins on it. And yeah, it was a super fun night. I feel bad because I was, I shouldn't have gone out on Friday because then I just would have had more energy on Saturday for pumpkin day as I look forward to it so much um, throughout the year. But I was a little struggle bus. I was kind of holding on. Um, for dear life, I was trying like not to act like a feral rat because, you know, it's a little more wholesome I'm around Coco. And, you know, we're I don't know, but I was holding on for dear life and I basically didn't sleep all night the night before. Um, and then I went to a brunch and it was just a lot. I really overworked myself this weekend in the in the rat department. And yeah, but it was fun. We played some games and just drank and had a ball and yeah, it was a cute night. I got home. I don't even know. It was like pretty early night, maybe like midnight, um, which was good because I needed to sleep immediately. I need like the second I got home and I like turned the TV on because normally I cannot fall asleep without the TV on um, or like watching a little show first. I literally did not even turn it on. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't like read a text. I literally, Jose and Drew dropped me off and I literally walked in the door plopped down and I did not move all night. I was so tired. And yeah, I pretty much just chilled all day Sunday and 
pretty much all day Monday. I kind of just, I didn't like chill, but like I just kept it like easy. You know, I was like working on some editing and doing stuff around the house. And like, I like washed my sheets and did my laundry and stuff like that. I was just like, wow, I really need to rest and recover. And honestly, don't hold me to this, but after this weekend and just after like New York and after Madrid, and I feel like I've just been going so hard lately that I was like, maybe I want to do like, not like, I don't think I can really commit to like a hard 75 or something like that. Like those programs just feel like a lot. Um, But I was like, maybe I want to challenge myself to like October, like all of October, I'll go sober. But then it's like, it's Halloween. But then it's like, I can't do it in November because it's Thanksgiving. So it's like, there's always just going to be something. Um, So we'll see. I I don't know exactly like what challenge I'm going to give myself, but tentatively right now, I'm saying October. Um, tequila might be locked away. Now that doesn't mean that I can't have a little shroomy shroom or a little, I don't know. Yeah, shroom. I don't really like weed, so I wouldn't really, I don't really lean on that. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. Stay tuned. I don't want to, you guys know Halloween is tequila's favorite and I can't not drink on Halloween. Or I could just be sober up until Halloween. That's like maybe a better challenge. Um, but then it's like, what about the weekend before at parties? Yeah, I don't know. I'll let you guys know. I'm taking a break though. Like this weekend, I cannot drink. I just like felt like such a feral rat on Monday and Sunday that I was just like, I, and I mean, the older you get, like it just takes so much longer to recover. Like I still am so tired today and I haven't had a drink in three days. (laughs) And so I just, I need to get my shit together. So we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated on my feral rat activities, but just know the rat king was out this weekend and I even met, I think I met some of you guys. That is the one little part I vaguely remember is Friday night, I was walking to a bar in Hollywood and some tyrants were walking out as I was walking in. So I hadn't like fully blacked out. I had like, you know, did the whole pregame. Um, but then I think once I got into that bar is when I really said also like muchacho. And yeah, I ran into a guy that like I'd been on some dates with. I vaguely remember talking to him. I don't really... Then we went to WeHo bars after that, and I am not exaggerating. I'm literally not exaggerating. I don't remember one aspect of it. Not one. Not one. Let's just say I woke up with some numbers in my phone (laughs) that I have no idea who they were, no idea what these people look like, no idea what I was talking about to them. Um, Yeah, not my... (laughs) That's the part that always gives me the most anxiety about going out and wake and like blacking out is then waking up the next day and you have like a number in your phone and it's just like hi like so nice to meet you last night and you're like I'm so sorry we didn't meet and like yes I might have physically been there but like we did not meet you cannot tell people that you met me and whatever I said you cannot and will not be used against me in the court of law um or in the or in the court of public opinion because I have no recollection and I was that like whoever was speaking to you was not my subconscious that that was not my conscious that was literally the devil rat that lives inside of me that's who was communicating with you so um yeah anyways <laughs> that's kind of the only life update that i really have for you guys i went to the grocery store for the first time this morning in literally months um i went to trader joe's i'm really really trying to especially with you know cozy time you know it's time to like 
be cozy in your house. It's October. Um, I'm really trying not to postmate so much. It's just so expensive. And it's just uh, when you live alone, it's so easy to convince yourself to just postmates because it's like, I don't want to cook for just me and like do all the dishes. Now I don't have a dishwasher and like, I don't know. It's just a lot. So I went grocery shopping. Don't don't think I went crazy. I got a lot of like pre-cooked meals that are just like, you know, you throw in the microwave or whatever. I got to ease myself into being in the kitchen. Um, so I figured, I don't know, like I had like a salad today, some carrots, some veggies on the side with this like little pre-made meal thing from Trader Joe's. I'm trying. Okay. So, um, I also did have talkies after that, but you know what? Like I said, baby steps, baby steps. Okay. Um, anyways. Yeah. So let's get into the song of the day is Jaguar by Victoria Monet. And I stumbled upon this because she is on tour right now, I believe. And there was this clip that went viral on TikTok of her singing the song called Jaguar. And I'm just obsessed. I'm literally obsessed. It's so good. And just, wow. Yeah. Love. 10 out of 10. Jaguar. Victoria Monet. Go check it out. Also, I know that I had said that today's episode was going to be an emergency episode with Miss Jose Figueroa, Miss Jocelyn, Miss Josefina. Um, but that episode is actually going to be going live on Friday um, because I forgot that we even recorded it. <laughs> and I already, you know, did my whole intro for this one as if it was going live on Wednesday and gave you guys my whole weekend update and all of that. So you know what? This is going to go live Wednesday. And um, yeah, you guys will get that one on Friday. Today's episode, it is time to go to the salon for some French tips by yours truly. We've got so many good submissions. My tyrants are just sending me in so many good ones. And I'm going to go over as many as we have time today. Um, I just, I so appreciate you guys taking the time to send in submissions whenever I ask for it. It seriously helps so much. Obviously, I just want to give you guys tips and I want to help you guys. And it helps me with planning episodes whenever I ask for like stories or anything. So I just really appreciate it. If I don't get to your submission today, sometimes like some of these are from the last time I asked for submissions. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll always revisit it sometimes if I didn't answer yours you know this time or last time and sometimes it gets buried in my email resend it resend it if you're still struggling with it and if you still want to go to the salon so thanks so much for submitting anyways let's get into these tips the first client at the salon says Hi, Ty. Longtime listener, first time writer. I'm obsessed with you and I think you are so freaking funny. I'm so glad you're doing the pod. First off, I love you, little tyrant. So the problem is that me and my best friend moved in together. We have been best friends for over 10 years. Everything was going great until her boyfriend of six years put a spell on her. I've had my suspicions about him, but now I am 100% sure that he is a warlock. He even calls himself a warlock, which is a male witch who you know, a male person who practices witchcraft. She's been acting all weird towards me and he keeps trying to tell my boyfriend to join him. I don't know what to do. I don't want him to get to me next. I'm scared. Love you lots. Don't read my name. <laughs> Girly, there's so much to unpack here. And I'm like, are you fucking with me because it's spooky season? I don't think you're effing with me. 
But wow, 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 wow. Okay, so you've been best friends with this girl for 10 years. But she's also been dating him for six years. So she's in. She's locked in with this, this boy. I've got so many questions before I feel like I could even give advice. It's like, does she know that he is a warlock and that he is practicing witchcraft? And is she okay with it? Does she think he's weird? Is he just a weird guy? Or is he I, like, I've got so many questions. Also, like, what is the spell that he put on her? Is he, he put a spell on her to make you guys not friends? Like, is he trying to separate you guys? Or, you know, what would be his motivation for putting a spell on her? I, I don't know how much I believe in like witchcraft and whatever. I think it's kind of like, it's like religion, astrology, whatever. I think like, you know, you, you can convince yourself into it as much as you want to believe in it. Um, uh, that being said, if someone is even just sending you like negative vibes, like I don't like that, especially if it's coming from your best friend's boyfriend who you live with, you live with your best friend. But it's like they've been dating for six years. Like you can't be like, also like muchacho, get out of here. So my advice to you would just literally, you've been best friends with this girl for 10 years. I would sit her down and be like, what the fuck like we've got to talk your boyfriend calls himself a warlock a witch <laughs> and you've been acting weird towards me like i'm this might be dumb but 100 i just gotta be honest i think he might be like doing some funky shit and putting some spells on you and if not why the heck are you being weird towards me if you have no excuse we gotta start we gotta start looking into this and also tell him to leave me and my boyfriend alone like this is completely inappropriate and if this continues, we will no longer be roommates. We will no longer be living together because it's one thing to like be best friends with someone and, you know, not like their boyfriend, whatever. You're not going to like every single one of your friend's boyfriends or every single one of your friend's partners. But if you're living with that friend, it's like you're obviously going to be seeing that boyfriend a lot. So that is going to eventually affect your friendship with this person. So... I would just be straight up and be like, listen, something's got to change or I don't think we should be roommates anymore because I don't want to be around him if he is literally saying he's a warlock and he's putting spells on me. So that's my advice for you. Also, I would just my viewpoint on it is like if you are so unbothered and like if you don't believe in warlocks and witches and whatever like that religion then then you just have to like kind of disassociate from it because like if someone was saying they were putting a spell on me i'd be like uh you're a fucking weirdo and you're a loser and like you can't you can try you want to put a spell on me but like i don't believe in spells i don't believe that you have that power so go for it do whatever you want but guess what i'm unaffected i'm completely unaffected um because I really don't believe in that. I don't believe that like there are people out there practicing witchcraft. Do I believe that, you know, someone can be, you know, just a huge pessimist and sending you negative energy and vibes and like, like do things, especially if they are dating your roommate, if they can do things to make your life seem like a living hell. Yes, absolutely. But I don't know. I think you just have to literally disassociate, but honestly sit your friend down and be like, uh, this is not cool. And we need to have a game plan. 
Um, I don't know if I helped you at all, but sending you sending you good vibes. If he if he is warlock and he's he he is putting spells on you, then I am now claiming that I am a warlock and that I practice witchcraft and I'm putting a a, a protective spell over you. I'm putting a protective spell over you that no other warlocks can break through because I have that power because I am that strong of a warlock. I am putting a shield and I'm protecting all my tyrants out there from the powers of any negativity from any witches or warlocks. Wow. This one just really just kicked off spooky season. I, I helped. I sent uh, I hope I sent you some healing energy um, because I'm a warlock. <laughs> also, I'm not making fun of anyone's religion. If any of you are witches or whatever. But I, I believe in, you know, like good, good witches. And like, if you call yourself a witch, I guess. But it's like, I believe like, like astrology can be considered witchcraft or like, you know, like sage and things like that, like crystals and healing and energy. Like those are, that's what I'm saying. Like those are all kind of symbiotic to me. But I don't think someone has a power to literally like put a spell over you for negativity. I don't believe in that. I think that like someone can send you like healing powers of like, you know, herbs and things like that are like on this earth. But I don't think there are like herbs that you can mix together in a cauldron that like send someone bad energy. I don't believe in that. Anyways. Okay. So the next client in the salon says, hi, to start, I freaking love you. Don't ever change. Mm, I love you. So I'm in a bit of a pickle. I recently started dating this guy and have been together for almost seven months. We met in Hawaii when I did a solo trip out there and have been doing long distance ever since. I get to see him every month and he is perfect. Here's the issue. He is so fine. He's a tour helicopter pilot in Hawaii and he is from Europe. So he has the sexiest accent and girls throw themselves at him all the time, even when I am with him. There are some girls who even ask to take selfies with him after he gives them the helicopter tour. He's flying like rich Instagram models and the girls who throw themselves at him are so pretty, like gorgeous. I know I'm an attractive Latina. I'm not ugly, but ugh, this just really hurts my self-esteem and he hasn't done anything wrong. I follow the helicopter page on Insta and when I see him flying hot girls, I get so mad and want to die. LMFAO. How do I get over this? Thank you. Okay, first off. He is a helicopter pilot in Hawaii from Europe with a sexy accent. Does he have any homosexual brothers? And can you facilitate a meeting with with me, with, with him? And also, you might have to worry about my ass going to Hawaii now and getting on a helicopter tour and stealing him from you um, in case he's a little bit of a bisexual. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, here's the thing. Like you said, you are an attractive Latina. You don't got to worry about these hoes out here. Because guess what? If he wanted these hoes, he could be with these hoes because they're there and they're available and they're whatever. But here is the thing. He loves you. You guys have been dating for seven months, doing long distance. Like a guy who does long distance with you, like truly cares about you because if he just wanted anyone, like he would have someone literally in Hawaii. Like I'm sure it, there are plenty of beautiful women there. Um, so I really don't think you have anything to worry. I, I am a jealous bitch as well. So I understand like that's so much easier said than done, but 
I truly think if you following the helicopter page on Instagram and seeing all the clients that he's taking and like taking selfies with, because I'm thinking if I want a helicopter ride with like a hot pilot in uh, Hawaii or whatever, like I'm going to be taking a selfie with him. I'm going to be taking a picture, but that doesn't mean I want him or that I'm like throwing myself at him. And you know what I mean? It's like these girls, like they don't really care that much to pursue him like, like that. I'm sure every now and then, you know, one of them slides into the DMS, but whatever. I truly think like for your own mental health, you should unfollow the helicopter page and not keep up with the people that he is riding with until he gives you a reason to be concerned or to be, you know, jealous of these girls, then you need to just be like, yeah, where as a badge of honor, like, yeah, my boyfriend is a hot helicopter pilot in Hawaii and he has a European accent and all the girls want him. Like, of course, you don't want to be dating someone who the, the Instagram models don't want. You don't want to be dating someone who they go on a helicopter tour with him and that he is so ugly that they do not want a photo with him. You know what I mean? You you want girls to be jealous. You want girls to want your man. Um, and as long as your man is respectful and, you know, it's, it's part of work. He's going to take the selfies and whatever. But as long as he's not giving you reason to be concerned, I say unfollow the helicopter page and just brag about your boy all day long. Also, you got to move to Hawaii. <laughs> Because why are you doing long distance? If your boyfriend's in Hawaii, he's a helicopter pilot and he's hot. I, I, I couldn't do long distance. I would move. I would give everything up. I'd be like, sorry, I got to move to Hawaii because that just sounds like the perfect life ever. Anyways, hope that helped my little tyrant. Um, okay, let's go to our next client in the salon. So the next client in the salon says... Hi, I love, love, love the pod. I'm a mid-20s girly and I've been on the low dating a girl for the past year and a half. We are both bi, but she hasn't really come out to very many people. And honestly, I don't know if she ever will. R.A.P. Mormons who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. She tells me she wants to date guys, which is fine if that's what she really wants. Because I just want her to be happy. But she's literally my best friend, so I want to remain in her life. We still see each other every day, and she's always cuddly and tells me how happy I make her. It's just hard because she's been on dating apps the past few months. Part of me is hoping and waiting for her to be with me because she often gets my hopes up, and I just don't know what to do. Dating sucks, and I honestly just want to be with her, but IDK if she'll ever give it a full shot. I know she loves me, but I'm feeling like she wants her cake and to eat it, too. However that phrase goes. You know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, love you. Hope to have some Thai advice. Okay, little tyrant. Wow, 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 wow. And all of this advice, like I said, I know is so much easier said than done. I've been in so many situations and scenarios that, like, I I should have taken advice from others. So, like, I, I'm not judging you for anyone who doesn't take this advice. Also, because it might be crap advice, but... <laughs> I just think, I mean, it is so hard when, I mean, as an ex-Mormon that was part of the gay community, it's like I, I ha on one hand, I have so much sympathy for people that aren't ready to, full to fully come out and that like might not ever be ready to fully come out. But uh, on the other hand, I have, I don't want to like, I need to choose my words carefully here. Like on one hand, I have so much sympathy for them and like I feel bad for them and whatever. And then on another hand, it's like 
I am not going to let that person who isn't, and I'm saying this like very loosely, like I, I can't think of a better word or terminology on how to say this. So I'm like, this might sound a lot harsher than I mean it, but like for someone who isn't willing to come out or like isn't strong enough to come out or isn't whatever, ready to come out or whatever, I cannot let that hold me back or take me back into the closet. I am not going to be dating someone who's in the closet because guess what? I got out of the closet. So if you're in there and I'm out here, like that is just never going to work. And I think it's really not cool for this girl to be, you know, cuddling with you, dating you, telling you she loves you and how happy you make her and whatever. But then she's on dating apps and is like wanting to date guys and is saying that she might not ever come out. Like that is not okay. And I get she's your best friend and like you don't want to let that go, but you at least might have to give that up for a little bit because you need to separate or you need to like in your mind, like realize like the separation between a relationship and a best friend. And if right now she's your best friend, but you also want to be in a relationship with her, but she is not ready to give that to you. She just wants to be best friend. You need to give yourself some space in your life until you view her as just a friend and you don't want anything more out of that relationship, maybe you meet someone else, maybe you're going out on dates or whatever, then then you can, you know, maybe reconnect and just be friends. But I truly think it is an unhealthy dynamic to be friends with someone and also basically be in a relationship and be telling each other you love each other and you're best friends or whatever. And then having them still be looking for other people whether whether she was looking for other girls or guys like it's not even necessarily the fact that she's not out just the fact that like someone is like only half committing to you that is not okay I was like that with my last relationship like we you know were just in this scenario for so long that it's like we were basically dating and it's like you said like they want to have their cake and eat it too and once someone gets so comfortable with that it's like why would they ever then commit to you? Because you're basically dating, you're cuddling, you're hanging out, you're telling each other you love each other. Why would they ever then be like, okay, I'm ready for the full commitment? Because it's like, well, I basically already have the commitment and I'm I'm having my cake and I'm eating it too. So I'm good. I'm good with this arrangement. And you will be literally strung along and you're going to waste so much of your life when you could be out there dating other people and seeing what else is out there. And like I said, that doesn't mean that it has to be goodbye forever and that you have to completely cut this person out, but you just need to give yourself some boundaries and be like, okay, if you are still, you know, going on dates with other people, or if you are wanting to, you know, still figure out your sexuality, if you're wanting to figure out this and blah, 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 blah. If you want to date guys, that is fine. But then we got to stop the cuddling. We got to stop hanging out and basically going on dates. We got to stop doing X, Y, Z things that are giving you the wrong impression and that are leading you on. You just truly have to set a boundary before you literally get heartbroken over someone that you never even were in a committed relationship with. There's nothing worse than heartbreak over someone that never even gave you full commitment. There's nothing worse. There is nothing worse. So I don't know. I think set some boundaries, stick up for yourself and just don't let someone who is still in the closet, regardless of their situation and how, you know, sad it might be or how like hard it is for you to watch like them not fully accept themselves. You've done so much work on yourself to be out of the closet. Don't let that drag you back into it because that no, 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 no. 
Anyways, hope that helped my little tyrant. Love ya. Okay, the next client at the salon says, Hi, Ty. First and foremost, I wanted to let you know that I love you and your podcast. I always feel comforted when you say mama. So (laughs) thank you, babe. Thank you, my little tyrant. So I'm having a hard time finding the one and I would love to settle down and have kids sooner rather than later. I'm 28 and unfortunately the expiration date on my eggs will only last so much longer. The guys that I actually feel a connection with typically don't like me back and the ones that actually like me give me the egg. Due to options being limited and since I work as a CNA, since I only work as a CNA and don't bring much to the table, should I just settle and just pick a guy that I can somewhat tolerate? I know some people are lucky enough to live their lives and can wait and settle down and have kids closer to 40, but I have fertility disorder and I'm just not as lucky as those 40-year-olds. Please give me some of your honest French tips and feel free to say mama as much as you'd like in return. Oh, (laughs) I love you. Mama. (laughs) Mama. Oh. Obviously, you guys know, like, my best friend, JC... Um, if you guys listen to their podcast, what we said, like they, she talks about this a lot and she talks about a lot, a lot, this, a lot about this on her TikTok. She also has fertility issues and obviously she's like already married and that's not an issue for her, but I just seriously have such a soft spot in my heart for women that are struggling with fertility. And I just cannot even imagine like as a guy and especially as a gay guy who is never going to have to deal with like a girl being, you know, going through that situation. I I just can't imagine. And so my heart goes out to you, mama. I love you, mama. And it's so hard that it's like, it's so hard for me to give you advice on this because like, I can't imagine being in that scenario, but I'm just going to say my advice and you can literally throw it away. My tip is like never settle for anything less than your fairy tale. I truly believe that. And to me, if, if, if you're stressed and like you really want to have kids and blah, 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 and like your time is running out for that, 100%, I would rather you get a literal sperm donor or, you know, someone really close to you in your life, like a best friend, a gay friend or something like someone that you trust um, to just literally give you sperm and like whether that person's in the life or not, but egg donor or I mean sperm donor, whatever. I would say literally have a kid by yourself before I would just literally settle down with someone because they're fine. Like, absolutely not. I will not settle for someone who gives me the egg. I will not settle for a guy like who is just okay or that you can somewhat tolerate. I'm so sorry. You're going to have to be with this person for 60 plus years. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Will you settle for someone that you can just tolerate like absolutely not that is just not okay I think if it's like like you even I don't know it's so hard because obviously like then like being a single mom um you said you work as a CNA and you don't bring much to the table I don't know what a CNA is um (laughs) but I'm assuming if you're saying it's not bringing much to the table like you like aren't rolling in the dough is what I'm gonna assume there so I understand like having a kid is expensive and you know doing it alone is expensive and hard but I would rather deal with the few years of struggling financially and have this child by myself. And I'm sure you have people in your life, like family or friends that could like maybe help you like nannying or whatever. Um, 
I would rather go through those few years and then maybe in five years you have a four-year-old and you meet the love of your life and he is just so ready to be a dad and he loves that you have a child and all of this stuff. Like that, that seems more of like a happy ending to me than you settling for someone that you can somewhat tolerate just so that you can have a child and be married. Like absolutely not because then you are going to hate your life for the rest of your life. You uh, Being someone you can somewhat tolerate, like marriage is already so hard that if you're not if you're not literally obsessed with that person, they are literally going to drive you mad. And being a parent is so hard that if you are not literally like in such a loving, committed relationship and in a full partnership, you are going to want to die. Like, no, mama, 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 mama. You cannot settle. You really can't. And I know it's so much easier said than done. And I can't imagine being a girl. Like I, I feel so much anxiety and stress like that I've not settled down with having kids yet also and like I'm not even a girl I don't even have a biological clock that is ticking um it's just like the pressures of all your friends being married and whatever so I can't imagine that also being tacked on so my heart really goes out to you mama but I really think you just have to be patient and wait until you find your prince charming because I truly believe that everyone has a soulmate everyone has a partner and if you want to have a kid have a kid by yourself I know that's going to be hard, but I would look into going that route before I would settle. So anyways, I love you, mama. So the next client at the salon says, hi, Ty or Rat King. First, thanks for starting the pod because it always cheers me up, makes me laugh, and I just love it. I love you, Ty Runt. So they say, I am a photographer and I quit my very uncreative job earlier this year after graduating with my PhD to pursue photo full time. Well, when I say my sales and client bookings plummeted the month after I quit my job, I am not exaggerating. Now I left a good paying job, one that I hated, to pursue photography full time and I can't support myself anymore. I've run out of the savings I set aside to get me through if needed and started looking for jobs yesterday. But anytime I pull up those job sites, it just makes me want to cry. I'm really passionate about photography. I do landscape work and family weddings, but I'm trying to break into the brand photography world instead of weddings. But I'm not the best at business side of things. I hate budgeting, accounting, money is so boring to me. And I feel like I try when it comes to marketing, but everything falls flat because I don't actually know what I am doing. Any advice for a girl struggling with following her dreams or going back to a torturous job? P.S. You can see my website and Instagram below. So I checked out your website and your Instagram and you're so talented and I just have such a soft spot in my heart for photographers and for creatives, obviously. Um, So I really really feel for you. Um, if you've been an OG tyrant listening for a while, then you, um, I feel like you guys have probably caught on that, you know, I, I've been in this industry for a while and, you know, it has some highs and lows. And I feel like I've definitely been in some lows lately when it comes to like amount that I've been working and just getting deals and stuff. And it can really be so triggering. It can be a lot and very emotional when you just believe in yourself so much and when you are creative to, to you know, settle for the man, you know, to, to have to give that all up to just go back to working a nine to five to pay your rent. But I think if anything that my parents taught me growing up sticks that, that I feel like I resonate with a lot, it's that your career is going to go through a million different chapters in your life. 
if you allow it. Like some people just work the same job literally forever, but that's not always the case. And I feel like for a lot of people, it's not always the case, especially nowadays. And so if you're in a lull right now, like go back to work. Like you literally have a PhD and I'm sure whatever that job was, I'm sure you were getting a nice paycheck. And you know, if you're still so passionate about photography, you can still do that on the side. Um, but we got to pay our bills. That's tyrants. We got bills to pay. So if it's getting like that bad and you're running out of savings and all of this stuff, I think go get another job. Make sure you're putting food on your table, a house over your head. Like don't beat yourself up over it. That does not mean that you have to give up photography. Doesn't does not mean that you failed at your photo career. Like we're at very interesting times in the creative space and in the economy and all of these things. And, you know, maybe you just quit a little too prematurely, like before you had enough clients set up or before you had enough bookings. Um, I know you said that you have been doing like landscape and weddings and all of that and that you are trying to get out of weddings and do more brand work. I will say like I was a wedding photographer forever and it paid so much money and it is like such good money in the wedding world. Once you have a list of clients, like it is just insane. Um, doing brand work like that is that does not make a lot of money. It makes a lot of money if you literally get in with like huge brands and, you know, you have an agency or whatever, a manager. But I think, you know, making money at fashion photography or brand work or whatever, it is so hard. It is a dog eat dog world. Brands do not want to pay for images and creative. And so I think, you know, you have a few avenues to take. Like if you don't really want to go back into your PhD job or your uncreative job, then maybe it's time to, you know, you got to book some more weddings and you have to, you know, maybe you have to sacrifice and do a few weddings um, a month so that that then leads you to build your uh, other creative portfolio and gives you the, the space and the budget to, um, you know, be creative on the side and do other things that aren't paying as much. Um, but if that's what you're really passionate about, you know, even if you don't like doing weddings, it's like, that's just, what's going to pay the bills, you know? Um, but then that will allow you the wiggle room to be able to do a lot of other stuff creatively. Um, I also think you can get your job. I don't know what your job was or how, you know, time consuming it was, but it sounded like even when you were working before, you were still doing your photography. So I think, you know, maybe go back to that. You get a comfy job that's going to be paying you your insurance and all of your benefits and, you know, your taxes and all of that. And then you just make sure that you're hustling on the side. Like you can still shoot on the weekend, still be doing some brand stuff, still doing some creative stuff on like Sunday mornings. And, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to like overwork yourself, but I don't know. I think do not let this discourage you from quitting photography just because you have to go back to work to pay the bills and to, you know, get a little bit more cushion and save up does not mean that your life is over as a creative and that, that you'll never be able to do that again. You, you tried one route and that didn't work. So, you know, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's get another job again. You have a literal PhD. You went to college, like <laughs> you've got that going for you. And, you know, start making money and that'll allow you the comfort. You cannot be creative and you cannot be thinking of things like when you're stressed about money. There's nothing worse than being stressed about money and like when you're going to pay your bills and your savings and all of this. So I think 
go back to the drawing board, get get the job, get a normal job, still do photography on the side, and you know, just brainstorm how you can get out of working your PhD job in the long run. You know, I don't think it has to be forever, but I think if you got bills to pay, you got bills to pay. And one, my dad would have worked out at McDonald's if it meant you know paying our rent. So I really think you have nothing to be ashamed about. I know. It might not be fun going back to your your day job, but honestly, nothing feels as good as a consistent paycheck. So it might suck because the job sucks, but it's going to feel a lot better than not knowing if you're going to be able to pay rent. So, And you can still do shoots on the side and you can still be creative. I know so many people that do being an influencer or being a uh, creator, being a photographer, doing all this stuff on the side. Um, so yeah, I would do that. I would go back, get the paycheck, get the bag, keep doing shoots, but wait until you're, you have a real plan before you quit the job again to go back to photography full time. But I don't, I don't think you have to give that up completely. Anyways, I hope that helped. I love you, Tyrant. The next client at the salon is just a short and sweet question and it kind of feeds right backpacking off of that. So that's why I'm going to say it because it's just a more broad term, but it literally just says, how do you know you're making the right career choice? That, that was it. That's all this client wants to know. And I just have to say, kind of backpacking off of that, you don't have to literally sign up for one career for your whole entire life. I think we are brainwashed as Americans. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world to think like, you know, you, everyone's always like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And then you have to go to college and you have to pick like one certain major or whatever. And obviously there are certain careers like a doctor or whatever that you kind of have to narrow down and hone in on a craft. But even then it's like there are doctors or there are people like this person who goes, gets a PhD, gets a regular job, and then they quit and they're like, I want to be a photographer. And sometimes that works. Some people, you can blow up on TikTok tomorrow, become a millionaire and become literally Paris Fashion Week front row. You could come up with a patent for some idea for a cricket machine and literally become a millionaire. Like there's so many things and there's going to be so much change in your life that I think you just have to pick like whatever you are passionate about right now. What do you want to wake up tomorrow and be excited to achieve? Do that. And guess what? You could go to school for four years as an English major or thinking you're going to be a teacher and then finish and be like, I don't want to be a teacher. And, you know, then you'll just figure it out then. You'll figure it out day by day. But whatever you are passionate about right now, go for it. I don't think you have to sign up for one career for your entire life. I was a wedding photographer. Then I was a influencer. Now I am a podcaster. It's like, who knows what I'm going to be doing in five years? Who even knows if this podcast is even going to ever make me $1? And maybe I'll have to go back to college. Maybe I'll have to go back to shooting weddings. Maybe I'll have to, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll become a creative tech director of a brand. Like, I don't know, but I'm not worried because I know that this podcast is what makes me passionate right now. And this is what I want to create on. So I'm doing that day to day. The second that I don't feel created or inspired, or I have to go do something else, I will do that. You don't have to sign on for one career for your entire life. So that is how you know you're making the right career decision. I hope that helped. (laughs) Okay. The next client at the salon says, I've been seeing this guy for a month now. We've been on eight dates, both of us equally initiating, but we have not had a serious talk about where we see things going. I see the potential in him and I think he is a great guy, but I'm having a hard time reading him because he's not the best texter when we're apart. How do I even begin to ask him where he sees us going? I feel like it's such an awkward conversation to have and I'll be heartbroken if he says something I don't want to hear. Listen up, Tyrant. So 
you have got to just be open with your communication. 100%. You have got to, if you've been going on eight dates, that's a lot of dates. I'm assuming, you know, you may be going one a week or one every or two a week or whatever. So you've been hanging out for like a month or two months. Like that is enough time to at least even, you don't have to be like, hi, are we dating? Are we boyfriend and either boyfriend or boyfriend, girlfriend or girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't know what your guys' sexes are. Um, but it doesn't mean like having that conversation doesn't have to necessarily be a let's determine the relationship. What is this? Are we boyfriends or whatever, blah, blah. It can sometimes just be, hey, I just want to check in and see where you're at just so that I know where to put my head. Are we just taking this slow? Are you not in a rush to do anything or do in your head? Are we already dating? Are you seeing other people? Like, I just want to know. It doesn't have to be confronted as a... Like, we have to decide right now, like, what we are. You just have to open it, like, open up the conversation. Just start the conversation. Just be like, hey, you know, we've been going on eight dates. I'm really liking where this is going. I think you're a great person. You know, where's your head at? Are you also feeling the same? Are you leaning towards, like, you know, being in a committed relationship? Are you, you know, wanting to take things slow? Like, I think after eight dates, that is more than enough time to just open that dialogue. Like I said, it doesn't have to be this super serious, like, well, are we committed? Like, you don't have to scare scare the person off. Just, just be like, hey, so what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I'm really liking where this is going. How about you? Do you want to keep saying that? <laughs> Anyways, I hope that helped my little tyrant. Okay, this is going to be our last client in the salon today. Like I said, if I didn't get to yours, maybe I'll get to it next time or resubmit it. Um, or if you're really desperate, send me a DM. <laughs> if, if, if it's time, time uh, <laughs> sensitive, hit me up. Um, okay, here's my friendship situation. My best friend since seventh grade has been very distant recently. We are 24, 25. Example, she takes forever to respond to texts or just doesn't respond. Doesn't make an effort to see me when she comes to town and is really short when we have conversations. Our friendship is feeling very one-sided. She used to interact with my social media and has been MIA on there towards me for weeks now. But it appears that she's still interacting with other friends on social media as usual. In the past, she has always avoided conflict or issues between us. I'm not trying to overthink anything, but her lack of communication and effort is making me spiral. I want to give her grace because she's going through a lot right now, but this is just unusual behavior. I want to give her space, but my own mental health is taking a troll because of it. Any and all thoughts appreciated. So I think you basically kind of said it best. Like what you just said to me, you need to just say to her. I would just say, hey, you know, I just want to reach out. Like I know you're going through a lot right now, but I am just having a lot of anxiety because I'm feeling like you're upset with me or something. I feel like you've been very MIA and we haven't been talking very much. And when you come to town, you don't really make an effort to see me. Blah, blah, blah. Period. If you've been best friends since seventh grade and you're 25, that's like me and Billy. Like, and I would 100% like at that point, you are literally like family. You are best friends. Like that's a true best friend. And you have the right and also the relationship to, you owe it to your guys' relationship and to your friendship to bring it up and be like, hey, listen up. Just tell me if I did something. Or tell me if you are just going through a lot and you need space. Tell me what is happening. Like, just don't shut me out. Don't, like, literally not tell me and then just cut me off. 
I think your feelings are so valid. If one of my friends just completely cut me off and was being weird towards me and whatever, even if they were going through something, I'd be like, hello, hello. Are we friends? Do you hate me? You got to let me know. So I think your feelings are so valid. I would also be, my mental health would also be taking a toll, but I don't think, I don't, and like I said, almost like the last um, customer at, at, at the French tip salon, um, I don't think that you have to approach it as like uh, this huge, big fight that you guys are having or it's been this like looming like elephant in the room. I would just be like, hey, like I'm thinking about you a lot lately. Um, I know you're going through a lot. I just want to make sure that I am like being there for you or that I'm not adding to your problems. Like, did I do anything? Um, I don't know. We've just not really been the same lately. And I don't know, I think even if I was mad at a friend that I've been friends with for a while or even a new friend or whatever, if I was mad at someone and they reached out to me and was just very like empathetic and just seemed very sincere and not like accusatory, like, hey, like you never text me back and you've been you've been liking so and so's photos on Instagram, but you haven't been liking mine. Like I would not react well to that energy. But if they were like, hey, like. I noticed you've been a little off lately and I just want to like have like check the room temperature. Like, are you okay? I love you. And I just want to get back to where we were. And if you just need some space because you're going through something, like, let me know. So I don't know. I think just approach this person with compassion and um, just like sincere. You, you've been best friends since seventh grade. Like they're going to know your intentions and the way that you're wording something. And if, if they then don't respond or they, you know, for whatever reason, like you don't get the response that you need, maybe for your mental health, you need to take a step back and you need to reevaluate this friendship and what you're putting into it. And if they're not, you can be best friends with someone for your whole life. And then one day they can just change. And that is so sad. And you might have to mourn that friendship for what it was, but you, you need to take care of yourself and your mental health. And if this person isn't willing to meet you halfway, then you got to just kind of move on. But I'm sure you guys will get through this. Reach out to her and just be super sincere. Or give her a FaceTime or I don't know. I'm sure you you got this and you guys will be fine. But anyways, thanks so much, my little tyrants, for coming to the salon and getting your French tips. <laughs> I hope that you guys, you know, got some good advice from the Rat King. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys like this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that... You guys are just having a great day. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast. It really helps me a lot. You guys know that. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Love ya. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week. Bye.